Good to be here this morning. I was very close to doing online today, but I don't know, I'm just still good to be here with everybody. So. Good to see everyone out. Like we said, we got a lot to pray for. So. Anyone with a special song this morning or testimony before we get into the message? Does anybody else belt that one out just randomly sometimes? Yeah, I, I do. I know Deanna probably does. We'll have to do some Jericho Road Deanna one day. Me and Deanna used to do Jericho Road when we were little. <laughs> All right, if you've got your Bibles this morning, turn over to Hebrews chapter 1. I feel like God's really directed me here. We've been talking a lot lately about the, the good news and kind of back to the basics. And I think God's really, really directed us to this book. There's some really good info in this book. Um, and it's actually kind of unique. So when you, when you talk about like, uh, you know, who wrote it, you know, when it was written, those, those kind of things are, for this book are kind of unknown. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about who wrote it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that think Paul wrote it. Um, there's all kinds of names. You see Barnabas, Luke. I mean, there's Apollos, I think, is another one. There's, there's all kinds of different, uh, you know, scholars think they know this and think they know that. But, I mean, honestly, I, I think, to me, that means it's really not that important who wrote it, but it's the content of what's actually in it. And that's, that's really what I, you know, and, and, and honestly, I think God knows who wrote it. You know, and that's, that's really the stuff that matters. So just, uh, you know, a little bit of background, you know, kind of like we said there, no, no known author. Um, you know, typically in, in these letters, the, the authors kind of introduced at the beginning or you kind of know, you know, Paul's typical writings. Um, as far as a date goes, another one where they just don't really agree upon different dates. Uh, most scholars think it was written between 60 and 70 A.D., which was probably, what, 20, 30 years you know, after Jesus you know, died and resurrected and, and went on to heaven. Um, uh, they, they think that it was between 60 and 70 because there's no mention in, in this book about the destruction of the temple, which I believe was like in 70 or, or after that. So just a lot of, like I said, it's just very unique. It's, it's just a unique book. Um, and, and really, and we'll kind of get into this with the purpose of it. Um, you know, the, the, the overall purpose is whoever this writer was, was encouraging Jewish Christians that it was going to be okay. Um, that, you know, because from what I can understand, they were contemplating leaving Christianity. And when I get into a little bit of this, I think you'll kind of understand why that is. So they were contemplating turning away from Christ and going back to the regular, you know, Judaism because it was, at that time, it was kind of easier. And, you know, you kind of think, how can we relate to this? Honestly, it would be easier sometimes to not be a Christian in this world. 
Do you agree or disagree? Sometimes it'd be easier. It's tough. It really is. Now, if it was written during the, the 60 to 70 AD, does anybody know at the time who the Roman emperor was? You guys can talk. Everybody heard of Nero? He was nuts. He actually murdered, he basically executed his own mom. And, and I think from some of the stuff I read, like he, he like murdered his wife that was pregnant. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy stuff this guy did. Um, and, and he was mostly known for persecuting Christians. Now, from what I understand, Judaism was actually protected in Rome. Christianity was not. So they were persecuting Christians. Now, some of the stuff that Nero did, I don't know if anybody's ever heard this before, like he, he would dress up Christians like in like animal, like they would, you know, and then like wild dogs would just tear them apart. Anybody ever heard that? Or like, uh, I think another one was he would, he would dip Christians in oil and he would light his garden with Christians. Like, that sounds fun, doesn't it? The dude was nuts. He was absolutely nuts. And I guess there was a big fire and he basically blamed all the Christians. And yeah, it was, but he was, he was known for persecuting Christians. So you can kind of see for a, a Jewish Christian to kind of be like, well, you know what? It would be easier to go back to that, wouldn't it? It'd be a lot easier. But this writer's telling them, don't give up. You know, I, I think they've hit a wall spiritually. And this, this writer's telling them it's worth it. And I think if we were all honest, there's probably a point in our Christian walk where we've kind of hit that wall. And it would be easier to not be a Christian. It'd be easier. And I mean, who... Who else has struggled with trials and tribulations? And I mean, just think all the prayer requests we've heard. Death. I mean, there's so much going on. I mean, we struggle with it day in, day out. And that, you know, I think a lot of times that prosperity gospel does more damage than it does good. Because, you know, think of those preachers on TV. If you come to Jesus, everything's going to be wonderful. You'll have the nicest house. You'll have the nicest car. You'll have this. You'll have that. And we all know that's not the truth. So they deceive people into thinking that they're going to have all this wealth and everything else. And then when it doesn't happen, they're like, I don't want no part of this. That's not what the true gospel is about at all. If you have Jesus, you're rich beyond compare. Yes. You're rich beyond compare. And none of that other stuff matters. And I think that's really what the, the, the writer's trying to get in their heads here is, and the overall theme of this book is, Jesus is better. So let's read a, a few verses here, and we'll, we'll follow the Lord. Starting at the first verse. <clears throat> God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. 
when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I was going to read the whole first book. Why not? Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he said, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies my footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? But what we really want to focus on this morning is just those first three verses. What really quickly talks about who Jesus is. And like I said, Jesus is better. He's better than anything else this world has to offer. He's better. You know, it gets hard to be a Christian. It's tough. We mess up. We're tempted. We have trials and tribulation. If you're a Christian and you haven't been through those things, God bless you, because I sure have. I sure have. Got some really tough stuff coming up at work in the next few weeks. It's going to be tough. But I know God will get me through it. But we've all struggled. We've all messed up. But we need to keep that faith. Can't you imagine the struggle that these people are going through? So, so they, they accepted Jesus as their Savior. They thought Jesus was coming back to set up this kingdom here on earth. And time's passing and passing and passing. And they're like, I'm just struggling here. I'm just being persecuted here. Can't we fall into that? Don't you think the devil deceives people into that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be great. One of these days it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to be in the sinful nature either. It's going to be great one of these days. I mean, think of you know, all the people dying and just, you know, I can't imagine going through COVID, being in the hospital and dying by yourself. That would be so hard. But the thing is, I wouldn't have to. Because Jesus is with me no matter what. It could be like Job. Everything could go away tomorrow. It could happen. 
Are you ready? Are you prepared? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because he's better than all that other stuff. He's better. The Bible tells us to live as Christ, to die as gain. All because of Jesus. So thinking about that Old Testament law, you know, and, and it's, you know, it talks about there how you know God has spoken to His people in so many different ways, and you know, through the prophets and all that, and you know, the, the people knew. And that's what I was kind of thinking as I was you know studying through this. Is this audience knew exactly what He was talking about? And I think sometimes it's, it's a little hard for us because we really don't have that Jewish background, but they knew exactly what He was talking about. And they knew when a prophet spoke, that was from God. But now he's saying, in these last days, it's through my son. God came down himself and showed us God. Pretty amazing if you think about it. I mean, think about all the other religions of the world. I really think that's what separates Christianity from everything else. Everything else, man is trying to find God. In Christianity, God found us. There's a big difference in that. There's a quote by John MacArthur. It kind of goes right along with that. Every religion is but man's attempt to discover God. Christianity is God bursting into man's world, showing and telling what he is like. It's completely different from any other religion. God revealed Himself through Jesus. And that exalts Him above all others. He's better. Not that any of that stuff was bad, but all of it pointed to Christ. All of it pointed to Christ. And there's there's several reasons why here the author or writer is telling them why. Because it's easy to say Jesus is better than everything else, isn't it? But he's telling them specifically why Jesus is better than everyone, everything else. The first one there in that second verse says, Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So Jesus is the heir of all things. The only begotten Son of God. Preeminent. Always existing. The sole heir of the throne. And he came to earth. It's kind of weird to think about sometimes, isn't it? That God came to earth. To die on a cruel cross for us. It's like, have you ever thought about just weird stuff like, why do we breathe oxygen? Or I, I just think about stuff like that. It's, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to some of that in a minute. So why is he the heir of all things? Because he's the creator of all things. He created it all. He spoke it all into existence. I've been thinking a lot about that, you know, just don't want to go into too much detail, detail, I can't talk. I've been kind of answering some questions for some folks that we've been talking to. 
you know, one of the questions they have is kind of about creation and God versus, you know, evolution and all that stuff. And I I don't know. It's like, is it just a coincidence that we have the order that we do? Does that make sense? Or like how far the sun is away from us? I mean, have anybody ever thought about that stuff? If the sun was closer, we'd burn up. If it was further away, we would freeze. There's so many things in order. I mean, mean, even a a woman having a baby. It's miraculous. How can evolution explain that stuff? They can't. They can't. So it's like science points to God. It really does. But Jesus created all things. Let me read over in Colossians real quick here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. This is talking about about Jesus. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether by thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. It's like evolution. Like, it just happened. Big bang. We have God's word that shows exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Now, can you choose to not believe it? You can. But you can't can't convince me otherwise that some big bang created all this order. John, you're a scientist. You You can't explain it, can you? Only through God's word. That's it. That's the only explanation. Can I really explain that to you? Nope. But he can. Go over and read Genesis. He'll walk you through every day he created. He spoke it into existence. We can't explain that. I, I told the person, I'm like, nothing I can say, do, whatever can convince you that God exists. All I can tell you is what he did to me. That's all I can tell you. You can believe it or not. I know He exists. I feel Him. I feel Him inside. I can't show you that, but I can feel Him. If you've got that relationship with Him, you can too. But you can't hardly explain it. But He's the creator of all things, seen and unseen. That's, That's the amazing thing to me. He created everything we see, and He also created everything that we don't see. He created it all, and He maintains it all, which we'll get to in a second. John 1.3 says everything was made by Him and for Him. You know where it talks about He created the worlds there. The Greek for worlds there is the ages. So He not only made the universe, He brought it all into existence. The space, the time, matter, all of that. Science can't explain that. God can. Mm-hmm. He done it all. And that's again why he's better. Not only did he create it all, he maintains it all. We're talking there about upholding all things by the word of his power. He maintains it all. He holds it all in his hand. Nothing happens here that surprises God. Mm-hmm. Nothing. He's a sustainer of the universe by the power of His Word. 
Like I said, He controls it all. It's just amazing to me to think about all that stuff. You know, the seasons. And Has anybody ever thought, like, been out on the ocean, like, oh my gosh, like I'm overwhelmed by the ocean. Mm-hmm. How does this, all this water not just overtake everything? Mm-hmm. By God, God's control. Think about if the sun and the moon didn't do what they did, what the oceans would do. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It really is. Does anybody get, like, geeky on that stuff like I do? <laughs> it's amazing. God is absolutely amazing. Being able to breathe. I mean, yes, we take it all for granted. But it was all from God. And it's all under His control. He controls it all. Was it all just a coincidence? You know, one of the questions I've always had for people that it's the Big Bang. How did those things exist? How did those things that banged exist? Can't explain it all. Just a coincidence. Like I said, the Bible can explain every bit of it. If we take the time to go through it. How did all that order come from chaos? It didn't. God spoke it into existence. And you either believe that or you don't. The other thing is, it says Jesus was the brightness of His glory. I think the ESV says the radiance of His glory of God. It says the exact imprint or expression of His nature. You know how many times when Jesus was alive did He tell them? If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. And He was telling me that. If you have a relationship with Me, you have a relationship with the Father. Folks, that's all we need. None of that other stuff matters. I don't care how big your car or your house is. I don't care how fast your car goes. One of these days, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have all that stuff. And it's all going to come down to one thing. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? He's better. He's better. Don't you think... There's so many people out there that are looking to fill something that they just can't even explain. I was there when I was younger. I didn't really understand Jesus when I was a teenager. I mean, yeah, I was saved when I was young. I didn't really understand all that. I was looking for something. I was trying to fill that void. There's so many people out there that are filling it with everything, drugs, sex, alcohol, everything. And there's only one thing that will really fill it. Jesus is better. He's better than all that. And like it says there, He's the exact impression of God. He was God in the Jesus was God in the flesh. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But He, he, he revealed that character of God through Jesus. He showed us how much He loved us through Jesus coming and dying on the cross for us. And that's the last part there where it talks about Him redeeming us when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
When He purged our sins. And He redeemed us. He took all that sin because of that separation between us and God because of what Adam and Eve did. And He took it upon Himself because there was nothing we could ever do to get back to God. There was this great gulf between us. We were in trouble. And that Old Testament law always pointed to God, to Jesus. But it was never quite good enough. Think about this. And this kind of gets into the sitting down piece here. Think about all the years that the priests in the temple, they would go, sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. I mean, just think about that. Their jobs were never done. Has anybody ever studied the priests in the Bible? Their jobs were never done. From what I can understand, there there were no chairs in the temple. Why? Because their jobs were never done. Because nothing they ever did was good enough to actually fix the sin problem. But what's cool here is Jesus changed all that. He took away our sin by dying on the cross of Calvary. Died, was buried, resurrected, Ascended to heaven, and what did he do? He sat down. Amen. He sat down. Why did he sit down? Because it was finished. Amen. Amen. It was finished. God's plan of salvation was finished. And now, because of that, we sinners can go back to God. Matter of fact, on that cross, what did he yell? It is finished! Before he died. It is finished. And now I can't see. I tried to hold it together, guys, for you today. It didn't work. That plan of salvation was complete. They didn't have to go back and sacrifice anymore. That was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And it paid that sin debt that we couldn't pay. That word propitiation. He was that payment that we could never pay. We were on our way to a sinner's hell. Every single one of us. But God. Sent His only Son to die on the cross of Calvary for us. I know I didn't deserve it. I know I didn't. In fact, if we ever get to the point where we think we deserved it, something's wrong. Because none of us do. None of us deserve it. But again, that's why Jesus is better. That's why Jesus is better. But those priests could never fully do. Jesus took care of. And we don't have to worry about it no more. As bad as things can get here. Persevere. Endure to the end. It's worth it. Jesus is worth it. The best part. Think about Him sitting down there right now. When He stands up, folks. This world's gone. And we'll live forever with Him in eternity. 
What's that going to look like? I don't even care. Because I'll be with Him. I don't even care. I'll be with Him. But, when He stands up, your opportunity to accept Him is over. Today is the day of salvation. Not next week. Today. Today is the day of salvation. He sat down, King of kings and Lord of lords. And one day He's going to stand up. And He's going to come and take His bride home. Are you a part of that? Are you a part of that? But again, it's worth it. Jesus is better. Jesus is excellent. Jesus is superior to anything else that the world can offer you. And there's some nice stuff out there. Got my eye on a few guns. No, I'm just kidding. But there's some nice stuff out there. But none of it can ever do what Jesus did. None of it. None of it. And you can't take it with you. All that money you got saving in the bank for a... You can't take any of that with you. You know, your 401k. I mean, just think of all that stuff. We got so much stuff. And it's going to go away one of these days. I guess what I'm saying is don't put so much stock in all that stuff. Put it in Jesus. He's better. He's better. So the question I want to end up with this morning is what is that Jesus to you? What is that Jesus to you? Is He better for you? Are you struggling? Are you ready to give it up? Again, we all get to that point. And I can't imagine, like Sister Sarah, I can't imagine trying to figure out what's wrong with me. I'm just ready to give it up. Don't give it up. Jesus is better. No matter what happens here, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Are you struggling? Did you hit a wall spiritually? Have you been out there doing everything but what we should be doing? Folks, Jesus is better. I can't say that enough. He's better. That's the truth. He's better. You know, it's easy sometimes to fall into those traps that Satan likes to get us in. Because you're not saved. You were too young. You're not this. You're not that. Oh, just go ahead and do it. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Now, Sister Sarah, I'm going to end right there. I'm going to ask everybody to stand this morning.